Deborah, with her 30 years of being an entrepreneur and creating over seven companies, knows exactly what it means to accept the mission. When you make that decision, when you accept the mission to become a solopreneur, to take yourself and your talents to market, then you embrace a life of not only unlimited possibilities, but also the unknown. It's an elixir of fear and bravery that only someone who's taken the leap really understands. On our show, Deb digs deep with her guest to highlight what you, the listener, wants to know. The stories, the whys, and the hows to navigate the journey to success. Get ready to hear from some of the most incredible mission takers from Generation Z to Boomers. So sit up, perk up, and get ready to be blown away. Now here is your host, Deborah Drummond. Welcome. How many welcomes did I do? I tend to do quite a few. Welcome back to the Mission Accepted podcast show. Super excited today because I'm going to be talking to Leslie and you want to talk to Leslie because if you are an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a creative or someone in media, I know, come on to the show, talk about what you do. But there is something that we talk behind the scenes about and most people talk behind the scenes about to their friends or to those close people. And it is the lack of time to exercise. <laughs> and you're, whenever you hear, so are you exercising? Are you, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always said with this kind of sense of urgency as something that needs to be at the top of the list and sometimes gets there and sometimes doesn't. It's also one of the things that sometimes um, as an entrepreneur or business people, we can kind of let go and put to the side. And I find just like business coaching, when I train people in top performance, I'm teaching them in business. And Leslie teaches them in how to take care of themselves in relationship to top performance. Because the truth is, if you're not healthy, it's, it's, it's a challenge to get wealthy. And so I talk to people all the time about self-care and nurturing and the endurance within. So this is this woman's wheelhouse. And um, I met her in the world of social media, right? Isn't it just kind of cool? Some of the silver linings that have happened through this having to do life differently and we met through social media and I was really drawn to her. She's very solid. Um, and she's going to talk a little bit about her background. But Leslie, welcome to the Mission Accepted show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I know when we first started chatting, um, you know, I've always been a big supporter of uh, the forces. And when I owned a health studio, um, we used to do lots of things for people in the forces. And our first conversation was um, that you yourself uh, were part of that. So why don't you kind of maybe share a little bit about your background and how you got so inspired and I kind of lent to, to what it is that you do, but I'll let you tell people what it is that you do. Yeah. So um, let's see, how did I get started? That's a great question, man. I, I don't know why it threw me there for a second. So I, I became a dietitian in 2009. I joined the Navy uh, as a dietitian because that was the way to quickestly get paid the most. <laughs> Dietitians don't make a lot starting out. So that's one thing if you're ever thinking about going to be a dietitian. Anyways, a side note. Um, but anyways, I know, right? A good laugh there. So I became a dietitian. I joined the Navy. I, I liked being in the Navy. But when they started to talk about sort of that, when you reach the peak of your career, it would also be when I thought I might be having kids. It was like, okay, peace out, Navy. I'm good to go, right? Uh, and I actually went back as a civilian in my exact office doing the exact same thing that I did when I was active duty. And I felt that there was just a really hard way to be able to help people because the military, it's true, you know, it's hard to get seen. It's hard to be seen consistently by the same person and get the care that you need and uh, dietitian even harder to do so. So I wasn't really able to get people results with their nutrition. And it really just 
you know, it, it took a toll on me. Like I wanted to do this to help people, not to, you know, have them come back monthly and tell me the same story repeatedly. Right. So little by little, I, you know, I felt like less called to be in a government position, but nobody quits the government, right? You don't quit the government. It's a good job. You don't quit the government, right? You hear that all the time. Well, then I had my daughter in 2018 and my husband is military himself and going back to work with a 45 minute drive there and an hour, sometimes hour and 15 minute drive home, put a toll on me. My kid was in daycare for so many hours at I, I was I was like kind of at my wit's end. So I decided to get another at-home job. Uh, and it kind of sort of didn't work out. And after moping for a little bit of time, because it didn't work out, I was like, why am I not going to be an entrepreneur? I always felt called to be an entrepreneur when I was in school to be a dietitian, but I didn't pursue it because it wasn't quote unquote safe. Uh, how do you get health insurance? How do you do those minor things, right? And in not coming from a very entrepreneur-based family, it scared me. Now I had my optimal way, right? My husband is making great money. We get health insurance through him. Might as well go for it, right? So so yeah. no like glamorous story, but that's really how I got started. The kids kind of propelled me into doing it. Well, I think it is kind of, you know, it may not sound glamorous, but when I hear about your journey into entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's like so many people's journey. And not only... Um, having children is a major game changer. You know, I was being interviewed this morning and talking about um, the relationship between having um, having a child. You know, my children are 10 and a half years apart, right? And what is that like? And it's also really, I think a big part of what you said is it's hard sometimes to leave a government job or a safety job or something that's padded with things that really weigh that scale down. Like entrepreneurship, people think, you know, there's nothing. I mean, there, you know, I didn't have mat leave. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have sick leave, but you know, if I want to take time off, if I want to take this afternoon off, I could clear my day. I can do, there's, there's this whole weight difference. Right. And there's a lot of people that have been in that exact position where they've needed to make that leap for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, you hear a lot of people talk about my child was in childcare or daycare or what have you for, way too many hours that made me feel comfortable. And I decided to make that shift. So I think, you know, it's funny when we tell our story, we say it like as if it's kind of not impactful, but it actually, you know, I always say one person's story is another person's rescue. And um, just knowing that someone else made that move is a big deal because at the core of it, what I heard was that you wanted to have people have results and you wanted to help people yet how much hindrance were you experiencing to be able to do that? So, you know, it takes a lot of courage to break out of something that's really stable and like you said, a government job. So congratulations on that. So I know that when we were talking, you were talking about people taking a quiz and the relationship between food and emotions and exercise and, and all of those things that come together. And you know what? It can be really confusing for people. Like there's so many different books out there to say, you know, you know, blood type, you know, eat for your blood type or don't eat this. And we were raised, I mean, I'm not going to give your age away, but I'll certainly say there's a five in my age. And there was like these food four groups, right? Remember, like they were different colors and you were supposed to eat from each food group a certain amount of times a day. And um, it's, it gets really difficult. I love the fact that you've got something structural that people can take and give you answers on how to take that person forward. And you've got some kind of quiz or something like that that you do with people. 
Yeah. So, so I teach what I, I call the food emotion code, the food emotion code I designed based on my, you know, 13 plus years as being a dietitian. See, everybody says, oh, I don't emotionally eat. I'm not one of those people that like sits down and eats the whole bag of chips or like, you know, binge eats it on the bag of Oreos. I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, but she actually talks about in there when she was younger, there were a few occasions where she actually ate her feelings through a bag of Oreos and talked about how real that was. That's what people think when they think they emotionally eat, but they emotionally eat all the time. You know, we have, we go through our days labeling foods like, oh, donut, bad. Oh, apple, good. You know, and we do that all the time to ourselves, right? That is an emotional response that you've given to food. You've labeled a food. You give yourself shame or guilt for a food. You, you tell yourself you can, or you can't eat something. You go to a party and, you know, if you ask my three-year-old, what makes the party the best party when the cake is good, right? The cake or the ice cream or, you know, right. It's like, when we were little, we had that. We emotionally elicit responses based on that. And our emotions bond to a certain type of food. So as I like to explain to people, when I went to officer development school, when I joined the Navy, I was in my fourth week of being gone. I know it sounds crazy, but at 24, I'd never been, I'd never left my mom for more than two weeks at the age of 24. And on the fourth week, I just emotionally broke down. I was crying my eyes out when I was in officer development school. Uh, so much to the point that I was removed to the bathroom with the only person in our group that got a cell phone. And they were like, call somebody. I call my mom to stay. I don't even know why she answered. It's not an area code that she would recognize. Although, I mean, she could recognize it because she worked in the airlines, but that's besides the point. She answers it and I'm just crying. That's all I'm doing. I'm crying. I mean, obviously she's a mom. She's my mom. So she knows my cry. Right. Yeah. And when we hung up, I think I said two words like, okay, all right, 10 days. Bye. You know, like that's how it was at the end. And, uh, the moment we hung up, I was less hysterical, but all I could think of was, I want chocolate. I need chocolate. And I'm unable to get that. I'm unable to get that. I'm not allowed to go get it. I, there's no candy, no sweets, no coffee, no fun allowed at this school in Rhode Island. And for three days, I sat with myself on why did I want it so bad? And it just came to me like, oh, because when we were sick or sad, we always had some sort of sweet that was provided to us. So that is an emotion for me, right? That that was something that I did that I otherwise didn't know. And maybe you might know yours, but the thing is, is that people follow diets, right? They go on keto, they get good results, they go to do something. And I'm not saying that they don't see a result. What I'm saying is, is that why people wind up failing is something triggers them that they're unsure of, that triggers a pattern in their brain that says, hey, you must go eat this food. And from that one trigger, the whole diet's blown. And then it's like, I don't even know how I can't get back on keto or I can't get back to working out or I can't do this because this pattern kicked back in and that, that pattern doesn't say we're this person, right? So the food emotion code allows me, um, I, I created I created a quiz that goes with it because there's really four different eating profiles right now that I see. There might actually be a fifth one that I'm contemplating toying with as well, but Right now, there's four profiles that I see of people and, and the ways that we emotionally eat. And if you can figure out your profile, we can then develop what it is that you need in order to achieve your nutrition and fitness goals. Um, and that profile will help you. So that way, whatever it is that you're doing can lead you to the healthy lifestyle for you. You need something for you, you know, just kind of like how you said in the beginning, you know, you'll let me talk because we're all, you know, individuals and the way I would describe it would be different than you. So we hear two different things in that. Your body 
is its own blueprint, right? The gut is a second brain. So nowhere in it should we ever use a one-size-fits-all approach. You deserve an individualistic approach, which is what I, I do through that food emotion code. You know, <clears throat> I've been in the health industry. Um, I owned a private health studio for 27 years. Um, I've done 30,000 treatments. And I've obviously worked with people, specifically lymphatic drainage and people with weight and natural weight. And I have never heard it stated in that way. We absolutely have heard of people emotionally eating. And the first thing that pops into your head, you're right, is something that is, um, you know, soothing, whatever it is. It's very interesting. Sometimes I'll ask questions and I'll probably ask one of you, but I, a lot of times I'll ask questions. So if you go to a desert Island and you could only bring one meal, what would it be? Right. And, um, and it really gives you insight to people. And for me, grilled cheese and tomato soup. You know, like of all the food. Oh, that's an island. Aren't you going to get hot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people are like, shouldn't it be a steak or a lobster or whatever? And I'm like, if you could not eat one meal ever again, that's where I went to. And I'm like, man, I have great memories of grilled cheese and tomato soup. That was a, such a comfort food as I was growing up, right? Mm -hmm. um, I remember Lifesavers and those boxes you'd get at Christmas that my aunt, who I adored, Mm -hmm. Why every year she gave me these boxes of lifesavers and every year Christmas, it was guaranteed to the point. Of, and I loved her. So therefore, when I think of lifesavers, those are just like super happy candy for me. I remember one client that I had that couldn't handle the peppermint, couldn't stand peppermint, don't have it anywhere near them, don't use it in their treatments or their remedies or what have you, because they grew up in a house where there was a lot of smoking and their parents used to suck on, on peppermint candies. And so when you're talking and you think, because I was like, I really want to hear, even for myself, I'll be completely transparent. When you were saying donut bad, apple good, I'm like, I do that all day, every day, <laughs> right? We, and then the, the, the idea that guilt and shame kicks into it and that it can spiral us out makes such perfect sense in the world of psychology, like in relationships or sabotage in our business, but I've never heard it so elegantly related to people's success in their relationship with food and nutrition and results. So that's really an incredible angle. So hats off to you on that. That's, that's very interesting. Um, so here you are, you've decided to be a dietitian and then you've made the best move, right? And where can a dietitian get the best results from being that profession? So thank you for sharing that. And then you had that journey into entrepreneurship um, and you have, you know, you have a child, right? You have a husband, your life is very busy. How do you manage all of that? Yeah, so I'll let you know too. I actually have two kids, but the, the first one wasn't, the second one was only in my belly when I decided to become an entrepreneur. Okay, so, okay. You know, let's let's challenge it with being pregnant too. But yeah, no. yeah. anyways, um, how do I balance it? I, I truly believe that, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's really just a priority, right? So when people say they're overwhelmed, what it really just means is that they're not listing out what they need to do in a day. Oh, I don't calendar. I don't calendar. I don't, I, I like to live free in the moment. I'm not telling you, you can't live free in the moment, literally schedule. This is my two hours to do whatever the heck I want to do in my free time. Right. But when you're not scheduling, when you're not planning, you're planning to fail. So the only way that I can do it and keep it all together is I calendar everything. And I never, I, I mean, I basically set myself up for entrepreneurship when I was in high school. So one of the, the things about me is, is that when I was 16 years old, I decided that I was going to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning to start walking with my mom. She walked, I ran in place. We did it in our front room. And since that day, I don't miss a day. 
unless I, you know, had a C-section or something like that, but I don't miss it. Like you can't, you can't get me to be like, I'm skipping my workout today. My parents have tried for many years. You're not going to get enough sleep. I'm working out anyways. Right. If I don't, it's just, my life feels off. Right. I'm committed to it. I'd rather take a 20 minute nap later. Right. So right. to me, I prioritize my day. But when I was 16, cause I had this list of what I wanted to do and I was I wanted to be a straight A student. I wanted to, to do those things. Like I would calendar, like the moment I got home, like I was, I carpooled. Right. So I drove other yeah. girls to and from school. I was like, okay, I normally get home at this time. So from like 4.45 PM to 5.30, I'm doing math. 5.30 to 6.15, I'm doing English. 6.15 to 6.30, I'm eating dinner. Like I literally charted it all out so I could be good. And I, sometimes I'd be ahead of the schedule and I'd pat myself on the back for getting it done sooner. But to me, that's how you do it. You have to prioritize. You have to schedule it. Like I actually schedule 40 minutes every day where no phone, no TV, no nothing, just my kids playing and having fun. Because if I don't put it on, I, I'll, I'll forget to do it or I'll get overwhelmed with it. And, and really that's what I do. I prioritize the things that, you know, move the business forward, prioritize the things that move forward for me. Um, you'll still see me meditate two or three times a day, every day, because that's my personal time and my ability to be a good mom, even when they're here, when they nap, that's, that's my time, you know? Um, yeah. and my daughter's kind of getting towards the end of nap phase and I say, it's fine, but you have to stay in your room and have quiet time. You can read your books can do whatever, but in here for at least an hour. And if she comes out, I send her back, you know? Um, and I guess that's really what it is. Prioritizing, knowing that you are just as important and that everything that's on the list can get done if you keep it straight, you know? Well, there's lots of gemstones in there. And I think the what I, what I continued to hear was um, kind of like self-care, healthcare, you know what I mean? Like knowing yourself, knowing what rocks your world. So same thing. If you get up early in the morning and do your thing, then, and that works for you. It's that really individual. I, I, it relates really when I think about the name of your company, like fit and fabulous, like, you know, what you need to do to stay fit. It sounds like not even just physically, but mentally. And so tell me kind of what, what are the, you know, if someone's like, wow, food code, I, I I'm, I'm drawn to talking to Leslie. She sounds like she's got some really great insight. Who who comes to you? Like, what are the, what are kind of needs are they looking for? They're like, is it people that have, I've tried everything and I don't know how to lose weight? Is it, I don't know how to put it into my day? Is it everything? Like who, who's coming to you? The top reason why I feel like you should come to me is because you're officially done with dieting. If you think, oh, I just need to go on another plan, or I just need you to tell me a meal plan. No, it's not going to work. Because you're wanting to solve it with a Band-Aid. I don't solve solutions with Band-Aids, right? If you're profusely bleeding, I'm not going to put a Band-Aid on you and try to help you out, right? I don't want you to walk away from me with, oh, Leslie got me results for so-and-so. I want you to walk away from me and four years later being like, yeah, I still have my results. Yes, my results are successful. Yes, I still eat everything I want. Yes, I enjoy the margarita. Yes, I still fit into my clothes. Like, I want you to be so positive that you're done with the diet. That that's that's the number one thing. That there is like I know I want to be healthy. I know I want to live my life. I know that I want to stop letting food trigger me. I know that I no longer want to follow someone else's plan and I know I'm worth it. You know, those are the people that I'm looking for. I I you know, I don't I, as I'm not afraid to say, you know, you're not my client. 
because the people that come to me and they're like, I just need a meal plan, or I just need you to tell me what I need to do in the gym. No, you need, you need an actual solution. That's a, that's a bandaid because you'll get tired of your gym routine. You'll get tired of the keto diet. You'll get tired of the restrictions that you're doing. Just sort of like what you said, you know, like I do label foods, the donut bad and the apple good. Right. So what if you eat the donut? How much guilt do you have to go through in your day? Like, I can't believe I ate the donut. Oh my gosh, I ate the donut. And I didn't just have one. I had like three because if you ate Krispy Kreme, that that one goes down in like a solid bite, right? So why do you want that, right? So removing the guilt, removing the shame, removing the emotions, actually having a, a plan that works for you. That's that's the kind of client that I'm looking for. Oh my gosh, that's like a that's like a breath of fresh air. As, and honestly, I'm visually... As you are, I know people are watching us and then some people are listening to us. So look, you guys, for those that are just listening, as you were talking, I literally saw the three donuts. And I literally, when you said, I had a donut today, isn't that what we do? I mean, it's so ingrained. I'm like, are you real? Like, can I touch you? Like, honestly, to be able to not have that second voice kick in and being able to be okay. And I guess, you know, we kind of do it with certain things, but then it's like, to be able to have something and not automatically go into, well, that's okay. I'll go exercise later. Or that's okay. Like that justification around feeling guilty about what we're eating with those labels. That's, um, that's pretty special lady. That's pretty special. So, I mean, have you, I mean, were you always drawn to being a dietitian? Was there ever anything when you were growing up, you're like, Oh, I'd love to be, uh, you know, did you ever have like a, another aspiration or how did you, how did you like, I'm going to be a dietitian. So I think in grade school, I always joked that I would be a lawyer because I was really good at talking. And uh, I was told I had a really good attitude when I was in uh, when I was in high school. I think my sophomore English teacher, somehow I got myself into honors English. I don't even know because I'm, I'm, I'm a math, I'm a math and science girl all the way. Um, right. But I, I got myself an honors English. And I think I remember him, he said something and I like retorted back and he's like, well, aren't you the queen of attitude? And I stuck. And I somehow got called the queen of attitude by multiple teachers. And I was like, I don't really care. Like, I, I'm a great student. I, I listen to you, but I am going to retort back when it's wrong or when I, you know, I want to have a talk here. Right. Yeah. Um, so now I just totally lost my train of thought, but that was a reason why I always thought I would be a good lawyer. Um, my senior year of high school, I knew I didn't want to leave. Funny enough, you know, I was the kid that like my mom was my, sh I was my mom's shadow my entire life. And then I just, I joined the Navy. Like nobody actually thought I was going to go. And then when I left, they were all confused because I was, I like, I even loved my mom that much when I was in high school, but so I didn't want to go away to college. So I, there was a local school that my sister had actually looked at. She was three years older than me. Um, and she had looked at there and she was going to go be a dietitian. And I was like, sounds great. <laughs> and like, I, once I learned what a dietitian was, like I've always been into nutrition and fitness. Like my heart has always loved fitness. My heart has always loved nutrition. I just didn't know that it was a thing. Um, and that's really how I found it. Like my sister found it first and I was like, Oh, I didn't know this existed. I always thought sometimes I should have gone like, uh, the, the exercise science route because I love exercise so much, but I know in my heart, like but honestly, after creating the food emotion code that this was my life passion, you know, all of yeah. my downloads of the things that I get for this business come after me taking the time for myself. And it's like, when I wrote the food emotion code quiz, it was like, woke up from a meditation. I was like, I'm going to write a quiz. I don't know what's going to be on it. Sat down with my computer. I came back and I was like, holy cow, 
this is exactly what it is. And then a few days later, I came up with the videos for it. And I, I've developed another phase to it too, because I want people to walk away from that with, with a little bit of solutions and a little bit of understanding themselves more, because this is why the diet industry makes so much money each year, you know, and I don't, I just don't want that anymore. So that's why I think that got put in front of me to be a dietitian. You know, my life passion and my life goal is to eradicate dieting and the shame and guilt built behind food. Wow. So as you talk and, and when I do interviews, it's really interesting. So you know how you get downloads? I totally get that. And so I actually hear questions when I'm talking to someone, even though the audience isn't going to listen to you for a while, I hear these audience questions. And the one thing is I know that you're a parent. Clearly, um, you are versed in your in your life. I know for me as someone who uh, was into health and nutrition, there was certain things that, you know, so I raised my children without sugar just because one, I'm allergic to it. Two, I was allergic to it and I knew, so I raised them without it um, and just did a whole, you know, did, did what I did as a parent to do what I did as a parent in relationship to their food. But as the question that I'm hearing is, okay, so as a mom, as a parent, what are the, what, what are the best ways, uh, less guilt ways, less shameful ways to um, have the relationship between feeding your children? And do you know what I mean? Like, cause kids are taunted all the time. Yeah. The birthday cake or the, this, and do you let them, do you not? What, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. So, so I always say that, you know, parenting comes from you, right? So I don't ever want to tell anybody to parent how to parent because I don't want somebody to tell me how to parent, right? Like, so if you came to me and you'd be like, oh, you need to put your kids to bed at 8.20 instead of 8 o'clock or 8.30 now for Lily or whatever. I'd be like, okay, thank you for your advice. You know, like, <laughs> thank you for your advice. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But I'll, I'll parent the way that I want to. Um, so when when parents come to me, I try to explain that it's based on the ease and flow. The goal for you as a parent is one, to understand the division of responsibility. You are responsible for what they eat, when they eat, and where they eat. They are responsible for how much. And if you put a plate down in front of your kid with Brussels sprouts, chicken, and brown rice, and they eat the chicken and it's gone and they ask for more, you can give them more chicken. If they maybe barely touch the Brussels sprouts and the rice, whatever. They are their own internal guidance system, right? So when it comes to sweets, when it comes to things like that, the biggest thing that you can do for your kids is, is allow them to use their inner guidance system. And people are like, okay, but what if they eat the whole bag of jelly beans in a day? I'm like, then they'll probably feel sick and know not to do it again. So we're very intuitive when we're young, right? We know what we want when we need it, when we want it, right? I mean, how does a baby communicate they're hungry, right? And how does the baby communicate they're wet, right? They learn how to adapt their cry so we can understand what it is they need, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with food, the way that I like to explain it to people is there is no one right or wrong way. But if you're passing shame and guilt to them, like you ate too many chocolate bars today or no, you've had enough or ice cream is bad for you. Why do you want the ice cream every night? Or wow, you gained like three pounds in a week. Gosh, you know you're passing that on. So when I say eradicate dieting, my goal is not to label foods good or bad. It's not to say that kids can or can't have, you know, I understand people have food allergies and gluten, gluten, um, celiac disease is a real thing. So if you have to follow certain patterns, there's nothing wrong with that. The thought process behind it is do what's best for your family, 
just try not to put the shame, the guilt, the weight, and all those other things in it, because those are the things that cause our kids to have the issues. You know, um, I had a, a mom a long, long time ago, I had a call with, and she said that if she's not a certain weight herself, she feels really bad. And her 12 year old is now obsessed with her weight. And those are things that we'll carry. That's why we get eating disorders. That's why we do that. So that's my biggest thing that I try to impart to them is, you know, let your kid be intuitive, let them eat too much ice cream and get completely and utterly sick. And I promise you, they're not going to do it again, you know, because they do remember that. It's sort of like when you drank too much tequila and you'll never drink tequila again, right? (laughs) You got to learn your lesson or something along those lines, but there's absolutely nothing wrong. You know, if you were allergic to sugar, you weren't allowed to have sugar in your diet, you not having it in the home isn't a big deal. But when they go outside of the home, if they're offered it, them being allowed to eat it should be an okay thing. You know, it's not their allergy, but it's just the representation of that, if that's kind of clear. So again, I don't, I just don't like to tell people how to parent. If that's the way you want to do it, then do it that way. Um, but those are the, the key things is not to provide the shame or guilt or to give them the, the weight guilt trip. That's fantastic. And I think so many of us feel that way about parenting, like don't tell us how to parent or, or, you know, we have different ideas around the generation before and the dance around parenting and, you know, boundaries and all that great stuff. But, you know, the bottom line is no matter what you do or how you do it, keeping, you know, emotionally conscious, right. Keeping it emotionally healthy um, in relationship to food. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm loving what I hear. And, and um, so if people were going to come to see you or they're inspired to see you, what are the services that you offer um, for people? So there's a, there's a, there's a code, there's a quiz, like, what do people do? And I know you do a lot online, which is great because, well, you're moving to Spain. Hello. <laughs> great news. Um, so what do you, what does that look like for people? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do group programs. Uh, so I have a group program running right now with uh, quite a few ladies in it. I do a, so I have a group program. I have a one-on-one program where you can just do it with me individually. Um, and those I, I call family plans too, because you brought up family a few times. Meaning that if it is that you and your significant other and your kids want to all jump in, that's a part of it. You know, you're a unit, so you shouldn't be treated separately. Um, Another thing I always felt that was diminished in the the role that I had at the Naval Hospital based on, you know, codes and things like that. If a mom came and asked questions for herself and wanted help with her kids, it would be like, I need a referral for the kid. I can't give you the nutrition advice. So, um, so yeah, so I have one-on-one, I have group programs. I have a self-led journey that you can go through. Um, and I just recently partnered with somebody through music um, and I teach you how to use some emotional responses to help you overcome some of the shame and guilt with the food that you're eating through music. So, Wow. Well, that's a new piece. We're going to have to have a conversation about that because I think, you know, the, the walk that I'm doing across Ireland to raise funds for music, right? I think, do you know? I think so. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. So myself and a girlfriend, so she spent 30 years in the forces. She was a police officer. And of course I did 30 years in entrepreneurship. Um, and, uh, August, 2023, we're doing 10 marathons. We're walking 10 marathons across Ireland to raise money for, um, the recipient is now Alicia Keys organization. She is the music. And so that's super cool. Just, um, but when you talk about music, I mean, I'm like, music is such a motivator. I mean, it's, oh man, I am just so excited to hear that you're using it for the betterment of people's physical you know, physical state or health or nutrition or whatever it is that you're using there. And that's, that's incredible. Love to love to know more about that. Um, so 
what do I want to say? I, I don't want to say what's next because we just announced that you're going to Spain. So for you yourself um, doing this business, there, there probably was times I'm just kind of guessing as an entrepreneur that you yourself were kind of up against a wall. Like what are the things that you do to keep yourself? I mean, you talked a little bit about meditating and all of that, but what do you, you do when you're, when you're kind of up against it, when, when you don't know which path to take or your business isn't doing what it is that you want your business to do, or like, what are your go-tos you know, that um, help you be an entrepreneur, be a parent and, and accomplish the goals that you want? Yeah. So I would say I always externally chose things before. I always tried to find the coach that would do it or find the technique or the person that would help me do it. And while I got some success there, it definitely wasn't coming to me as easily as it is now. Um, so I still have coaches. I still have guides, you know, because, you know, if somebody really does make, you know, the 3 billion a year or something, and they want to help coach you, I don't want to argue with somebody that's already been there, done that. Right. You know? Um, so that's, that's one of the pieces obviously is I do use that. I'm always personally developing myself. I'm always working on something. I'm always working to better myself in some way. Um, I do a lot of personal development and then I, I take time three times a day to be quiet with myself, to imagine what I want my life to look like, to fully believe and fully intend and to fully know that, you know, the universe, divine mind, God, whatever you want to call it, source really does have our back and is really trying to talk to us if we listen, but we just spent our whole life learning not to listen, Right. We learn to listen to our parents and to our family and to our friends. You know, I need to wear this outfit to look cute. I need to do this with my face to look better, right? Instead of just internally knowing, yes, no, maybe so, or no, I don't want to do that, you know? Um, and I'd say the next thing that I really do is I've learned to set boundaries, say the word no, you know? I want clients. Yes, of course I want clients. I want to be, you know, I, I want to be that, I want to be you know, world known. I want people to know this. I want to eradicate dieting. You can't say that and just want to, you know, help a few people out. Right. But I also want it to be the right people. So truly listening to yourself in that aspect. But um, I'd really say it's a combination of those things are really what I'm doing. And if I, you know, if I get really pushed up against the wall or something, I just try to breathe and realize that so far on this earth, the universe hasn't, you know, left me out in the cold. So I just have to trust in the facts that it's still going to bring me what I need. Right. That's good. I mean, it's, everybody has their different places that they can go and where they resource from, right? It's like where they get resource from, because as an entrepreneur, you know, you take it on and, um, I love what you're doing. I mean, you're definitely in the life-changing game-changing business, right? You're dealing with people and you're shifting. It's not like you've decided to become an automatic, you know, an, a, a, you know, a automotive shop. I don't know why I'm even saying that in your, you know, tweaking people's engines of their car, you're like really working with people kind of deep down and that's very inspiring and motivating. Um, but we all, you know, I think we all as entrepreneurs can sometimes have, you know, have the, have it full, you know, have it full, the, you know, the child gets sick or the, this happens or the, the, the class that was supposed to happen doesn't, or, you've got too many, too much demand and not enough time or whatever, all that kind of entrepreneurial stuff that, that goes on. So um, yeah. it's really, it's, it's such a pleasure to dive deep into what it is that you do. Um, and the fact that you can be with you at this stage. I mean, obviously I, I see a Ted talk in your future. If you haven't done one already, I mm -hmm. absolutely see a Ted talk in your future. 
because you come at this whole arena in such a different way. So at this point, people can have access to you. And I think because it's such a personal thing, that's that's such a beautiful thing. Because for some people, this is really a private journey, right? The relationship between them and their emotions and their food and their body and, you know, guilt and shame. I mean, look at maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Brene Brown, you should connect with Brene Brown. I, I love her. I listen to her all the time. The man in the arena. That's one of the things that I do when I'm against the wall. I'm like, okay, there's a, I've got a three minute and a 20 minute video on my phone in favorites, favorites of Brene Brown. And it was like, you know, um, when you get hit by something and it's like, don't take advice from people sitting in the cheap seats, right? Like when you talk about boundaries and I'm not going to take your opinion unless you're in the rain, getting your butt kicked too. And I just love how she puts it. But when I hear you talk, because her whole thing is guilt and shame and vulnerability, right? So maybe you should have a conversation with Brene and, and do a TED talk together. There you go. I'll hold that thought for you. That'll, that'll, uh, that'll I was going to say, if you've got personal connections, go ahead and hook that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I think, I think I got some connections going on up there right now. Cause I'm all of a sudden downloading for you. And I'm like, absolutely. I think you should reach out to her that because people would never think people want to hear about guilt and shame and vulnerability, but what do we do? I mean, I train people for top performance. You work with people for their, what comes up is conversation. I just had a conversation with someone yesterday trying to achieve a certain amount of money. And I'm like, I'm giving you these things to do. I'm wondering how that's working for you. They're like, well, and they're just not hitting the target, right? And I'm like, so you do you know why you're not hitting the target? And they go on to tell me about their life. And I'm like, how about we talk about, do you feel worthy? <laughs> how about we go there? Do you want to have a conversation about what you really feel like you deserve? And um, and so it, it is that undercurrent conversation that's going on anyways. So people like yourself that are willing to stand out there and go, hey, let's talk about why you don't eat the donut or how if you eat the donut at nine o'clock in the barter meeting because you don't have the boundary enough to say no because you want to be one of the people, right? And then the rest of the day, you eat salad or go to the gym when you weren't going to because you need to offset that guilt. I swear to God, your auditorium would be full. <laughs> there you That's go. True. Right? Right? Yeah. That's true. There's so much There's so much in there between like the work environment and things and even entrepreneur environment and things on, on why you know, people just really aren't getting the results that they want. They want the results. It's just, it's so challenging because, you know, hey, there's, there's so many levels of excuses, right? There's so many levels of excuses and yeah. so many different things. And just like you said, feeling pressure to be a part of the group or whatever, you know, they're so real. And it's like, but if I don't eat the donut, then maybe I won't get the promotion or I don't know the crazy things that all go through our head. And that's what I love to just help you break through. It's crazy. I, it, I literally just came from Dallas and I was sitting around a table. I was invited to a very private meeting and I was sitting around the table of some very considerable women that have, let's just say this, made their way, right? And it was a breakfast meeting and it was 8 a.m. in Dallas. Well, that's 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I, my, my stomach doesn't go, bring me food in the morning unless I'm camping or something. And then I could eat 24 hours a day because there's just something about being outdoors. And, um, so I was sitting there and I felt pressure. Everybody went around. One woman ordered a waffle with strawberries and whipped cream. And I'm like, oh my God, it's six in the morning. <laughs> I mean, there's no way I can scoff that down. And everyone's ordering stuff. And it came to me and I'm like, do you have peppermint tea? And honestly, I felt like the walls were coming in. Like I just differentiated myself. Right. And I'm like, you guys, I'm training to do 10 marathons. I can't scoff a waffle at six in the morning if I wanted to. But I noticed the sense of uncomfortableness. Like I just instantly in that moment didn't belong. 
right? So I'm like, okay, I'll have an orange juice. <laughs> it took me two hours to drink it because it's just not my time, you know? Catch me at nine o'clock at night and I'll scoff your kitchen down. I just, the way my, my body works. But just the acceptance and the things like that, those are the private conversations that happen in the, in the corner or in the bathroom or in the kitchen. But anyways, anyways, here we are. Um, what a wonderful um, experience to learn more about what you do. Um, I knew from the first time that I met you, I'm like, this is a woman that could really help people with this particular issue. I didn't even know to the, what degree. So what a pleasure to meet you better, more deeper. But I got to ask, actually, first of all, you know what? Tell people how they can get a hold of you. Tell them how they can take this quiz, this code um, information that you have. And then I got a question for you. Yeah, of course. So I would say in order to find the code, you could go to my website, Leslie Urbis, L-E-S-L-I-E-U-R-B as in boy, A-S as in Sam.com. And it will be on there. It's called the Food Emotion Code. Uh, you can also look up the Food Emotion Code on Facebook. There's a group. Um, so you can jump on into there and there, there will be the quiz in there as well. So two options for you. Awesome. Awesome. So contact Leslie. Um, so before we end up and wrap up, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. I have this little thing about music. I just, you know, I like it. And so we just finished having that conversation, obviously. So, so let's say you're going, you know, I talked about, you know, going on a desert Island and taking my grilled cheese, you know, so you're going on a desert Island and it's you and you, you and you, and you are allowed to bring one album, one album. It's only one. Which one are you going to take? It's a great question. Right. I have three in my mind. So now I just got to narrow it. Okay. I think I'm going to go with U2's greatest hits. Wow. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought about, you know, saying the Spice Girls because I could sing those songs every day, but I think I get annoyed at some point. Whereas you choose greatest hits. I think I could listen to, you know, forever in a day. So yeah. Forever in a day. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. What a pleasure. And for the listeners and the viewers, please share this episode with absolutely everybody. I think it's information that's you know, it's the stuff that people are talking about and it's the stuff that people aren't talking about. So please share this. I want to thank you so much for being supportive to the show. You are all subscribing, you are sharing, and we appreciate it so much. Your feedback's important. If you are a creative, a media person, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, if you're doing something funky, we want to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. Maybe you want to come onto the site and be endorsed on the site. There's all sorts of plethoras of ways. If you want to be part of a book, if you ever want to be an author, an incredible book coming out December 1st for 262 crazy women like myself and Leslie. Um, if you'd like to, information on that, please just reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, we'll see you next week. Deborah, with her 30 years of being an entrepreneur and creating over seven companies, knows exactly what it means to accept the mission. When you make that decision, when you accept the mission to become a solopreneur, to take yourself and your talents to market, then you embrace a life of not only unlimited possibilities, but also the unknown. It's an elixir of fear and bravery that only someone who's taken the leap really understands. On our show, Deb digs deep with her guest to highlight what you, the listener, wants to know. The stories, the whys, and the hows to navigate the journey to success. Get ready to hear from some of the most incredible mission takers from Generation Z to Boomers. 
So sit up, perk up, and get ready to be blown away. Now here is your host, Deborah Drummond. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.